Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, November 24th, 2019 called Here Comes the End, Fourth Quarter Pep Talk, given by Pastor Jim Von Bush. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 28. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. God's grace, mercy, and peace are yours in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I did something a little unusual last Sunday afternoon and evening, something I haven't done in years. I watched a little football. And, uh, and so the Chicago Bears were playing on the Sunday night game, and I watched a little bit of that. And comes the third quarter, you know what I'm thinking? This game is over. Another game where the Chicago Bears have lost. I mean, I haven't watched them in years, and the first time I turn them back on, they lose again. And what really spoke volumes to me was about the fourth quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter, even the team and the coaches must have thought they were going to lose because they pulled their starting quarterback and put in the second string guy, figuring, what if we got to lose? We're already losing. And so second string quarterback came in. And, uh, and so that was how that game played out. Yes, the Chicago Bears put another one in the lost column. But it reminded me, actually, of a time years ago um, when I was, Teresa and I were living in Coeur d'Alene, and I assisted with the, the coaching staff at Coeur d'Alene High School. And so the Coeur d'Alene Vikings, I was working in the, with the, the defensive squad and specifically linebackers and defensive backs. And so, you know, the season begins, and I'm assisting with this. My first year working with them, and uh, we get to the first game, and all of a sudden, I was very surprised, taken uh, by shock by this, because fourth quarter starts, and every one of the players on the team stands up, lines the the out-of-bounds line right there along the the field, and they hold their helmet up above their head. And I'm watching this take place. I've never seen, this, you know, never seen them do this before, first game I was coaching with. And they held their helmets over their head the entire fourth quarter. And it was meant to be kind of this sign and symbol to not only their own team, but the team across the field, that we're stronger than you. I mean, that was really kind of the message they were trying to send, both, again, to one another, to encourage the team, play to the last second, play strong, play hard, and also to the team across the way, hey, we can hold our helmets in the air for you know, the whole fourth quarter, <laughs> and so we must be strong. I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea. And, and no matter what the circumstances may have been, no matter what the score on the board looked like, that was the tradition that they did every game. Fourth quarter, the entire team stands along the line there and holds their helmets above their head. And uh, like I said, it was kind of their way of saying, we're going to be strong to the end. Very contradictory to what I thought about the Chicago Bears. I was like, well, I didn't think there was any strength left there. But the coordinating Vikings, they wanted to communicate a message that they were strong to the end. Be strong. And that's really, I think, what Jesus is saying in these messages to his disciples in that day and to us today. More than being strong, though, what I think he's saying to us is that regardless of what the circumstances may look like, we can face the future with confidence because Christ is strong. We can face the future with confidence because Christ is king. And that's going to be our emphasis for we look at these few uh, points together and from the Gospel of Luke. And so the first one is, God said it, it must happen. God said it, it must happen. 
And even as I'm listening to, you know, looking at Luke and listening to Jesus speak in these words, I'm thinking of the Genesis account, right? And Genesis chapter 1, where over and over again, day after day, we have that same glorious message of God's supreme power. He says it, and it happens. It must happen. If God said it, then it must happen. When He says, let there be light, there's light. When He says, let there be land and separated from the sea, all of a sudden we have land mass and sea kept in its boundaries. When he says, let the vegetation grow, all of it according to its kind, well, now we have trees and gardens and flowers and all kinds of vegetation growing. He says, let the sun, moon, and stars be in the expanse. And there it is, right? God says it. It must happen. And that's what we heard in those first few verses uh, from Luke chapter 21. Jesus is speaking, and right there in the midst of, of the destruction of Jerusalem, He says these words, because these are days of vengeance to fulfill all the things that are written. He says this is what's going to happen because it will fulfill all that has been written, all that has been said. God said it. It must happen. So even in the midst of suffering, there is security. Even in the midst of suffering, there's security. Because if God said it, it must happen. If God said you will be comforted, then you can be comforted. If God said you will be saved, then you will be saved. If God said it, it must happen. Even when he's speaking about some challenging moments, some destru the destruction of Jerusalem, devastation is coming. And yet God says, you can find security even in the midst of suffering because He said, and it will be fulfilled. And, and in some small way, it reminds me of a time, so I was taking a team of high schoolers on a missions trip to Thailand. And this was kind of a big endeavor, you know, taking a, some students. I limited it to just uh, juniors and seniors and thinking that, you know, some maturity and some responsibility as we fly to Thailand and we're there for almost three weeks and uh, different ministries and different things we were engaged in and so I said up front this was what I said if you miss a meeting you do not go now maybe you think that's a little harsh I don't know but I I was not going to take kids on a trip to Thailand for three weeks if I couldn't count on them to be where I said they needed to be and do what they said they needed, what I needed them to do. So I said, if you miss one of our meetings leading up to the trip, you can't go. And it was the second meeting. It was the second meeting. I had this one girl not show up, just didn't show. Didn't let me know she wasn't coming, didn't ask if she could miss, if something was going on, she just didn't show up. And so guess what I said? You're not going. And her parents came to me and said, what? She was with us. We had a good excuse. You know, we think this is, you should still let her go. And I looked at them and I said, if you can't count on me to keep that promise, how can you count on me to keep any other promise on this trip? If you think that if you come to me and say, well, we think you should change your mind about what you said about missing meetings and still let our daughter go, well, then how many other things do you think I'll change my mind on? And I said, I can't change my mind. I said, if you miss a meeting, you can't go. Everybody knew it. And so she didn't go. I didn't change my mind. Because I had to prove 
faithful for all the other team members that were going, to all the other parents who were sending their kids with me to Thailand, and even to her and her family. I had to prove that I could be faithful to my word. And so we have security even in times of suffering because we know God keeps his word. If God said it, it must happen. And so we can have confidence. How can we face this future with confidence? We can do so knowing what we can expect and who we can trust. We can face the future even in uncertainties because we know who we can trust and what we can expect of Christ, our King. Brings us to our second point. We can have confidence as we face the future because even though things will change, there is reason for hope. And so Luke writes, but when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is near. When he's saying these things, he's referring to that sun, moon, and stars scenario and the powers of heaven being shaken. He says when these things begin to, to happen, to take place, you can actually stand up, lift up your heads. This isn't the time to cower. This isn't the time to be afraid. This is the time to be certain. And he says, your redemption is near. And as mentioned in the, in the intro to the Gospel, the sun, moon, and stars. Actually, no, it was what uh, Genesis, what Nancy read from Genesis. The sun, moon, and stars used repeatedly in Scripture to emphasize this point of a changing of authority, a changing of earthly powers. Just a couple of examples. From Isaiah 13, there's this pronouncement of, uh, concerning Babylon. And this is what we read from Isaiah. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will not shine. I will punish the world for its evil and wicked people for their iniquities. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant. And so that was God's message to the Babylonian people and the leadership. And he says, there's going to come a time when this great power that we know as Babylon, rulers of the world, will fall. And it will be because God said so, and He will actually make it happen. He says, I am the one who will put an end to their pride. Another pronouncement, this one concerning Egypt from Ezekiel says, When I snuff you out, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give its light. I will darken all the shining lights in the heavens over you, and will bring darkness on your land. Again, the same message of this change in authority and ruling power, and it's symbolized by such a great change that even the sun, moon, and stars that God created on the fourth day will stop shining. I mean, again, this is a symbol, a, meta a metaphor to speak of this great shaking that will take place and a significant change in authority and power. So when the Scriptures talk about the falling or the darkening of the sun, moon, and stars, that's exactly what... Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a cataclysmic event that results in a change of authority. A transfer, Jesus is speaking of here, a transfer to His authority. You remember in His temptation, what, is, what does Satan offer Him? He says, I offer you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down to Me here. But Jesus knew that He would be the King of all the world, regardless of what Satan does. And in fact, we hear from, from God says Himself, I will make the, the kingdoms of the world a footstool 
for Jesus Christ. And so this cataclysmic event that Jesus is talking about is that kingdoms will crumble. They will. We see this throughout history. Kingdoms come and go. And, and the Scriptures tell us that that's by the, the guidance and the direction of God Almighty. And so we can see that kingdoms will crumble, but we will be saved. Even in the midst of everything falling apart, even in the midst of the greatest heavens shaking and, and things crumbling, Jesus offers this word that says, you will be saved. And so we can have confidence when he speaks of the fact that when these things begin to take place, we can stand up, we can lift up our heads because our redemption is near. Confidence because God is the one who sets up and takes down authorities, which means ultimately, right, that he is the greatest authority. If he is the one setting up and taking down authorities, he is the greatest authority. So when he says your redemption is near, take heart, my friends, because he is the one who secures your redemption and he has the authority to do it. Third point, it's not the end, it's the beginning. It's not the end, it's the beginning. You know, it's almost Thanksgiving, no snow, right? I haven't had to break out the shovel yet. It's been great, and I've really been enjoying these last weeks of warmer weather and sunshine, although the forecasters say it's about to change, I think. It's supposed to get some snow over the Thanksgiving holiday. But that's always my hope. I mean, it's kind of wishful thinking. I have no control over the weather patterns, but I kind of always hope that it doesn't really hit until after Thanksgiving. Because as soon as it snows, I'm looking forward to spring. In fact, I'm already looking forward to spring. I said something to Shelby yesterday. We were out moving some fence panels for the horses, and I said, now when it's springtime, this is what we're going to do. And I'm already thinking about spring and, you know, the songbirds chirping and, and you, you know, the things starting to green up and grow and, and just the smell of spring, the smell of life, right? I mean, it's just a glorious time of year, and I look forward to that with such great anticipation. And, I, and one of the things I do is, as a, you know, it's starting to warm up and the snow is starting to melt and you're starting to get some of that happening, I find myself looking at trees a lot, the barren trees, and inspecting them even, looking for those first buds, those first buds that come out, because for me that means, okay, we made it, and spring is coming when we see those first buds on the trees. And, and so Jesus and I, you know, kind of share a mindset here, because this is what he says, right? He says, when you see the, the buds on the fig tree and all the other trees as well, he says, you know, spring is coming. It's coming. And he says this, in the same way, when you see these things happening, so again, this change, just like he said about the change in authorities and rulers, now we have a change in winter to springtime, a change in the season. He says, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Heaven and earth will pass away. Right on, Theo. <laughs> but my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, is what Jesus Christ says. And he's talking about this, this new replacing the old and life coming forth out of death. And he says, as soon as you start to see it happen, you know what comes next because he has given order to the seasons. Again, just thinking back to the time of creation, Jesus says, I have established this order of how things work. One season follows the next. 
even though sometimes it feels like we skip seasons here in southern Idaho. He says, one season follows the next. The new will come. Life will come. And so we can have confidence because these things that will happen are by design. Jesus is never surprised. The things that happen are by His design. And so whatever we're facing, whatever we're facing in this life, today, tomorrow, next week, God has a design. Jesus Christ says, just like spring follows winter and summer follows spring, He has a design and it follows His design. The last point is there is one ruler. Be glad you know Him. There is one ruler. Be glad you know Him. Are you th- Just pause for a moment if you would. Consider those people in your life who have been in your life who you are grateful that they have been in your life. That you are grateful to know them. You know, as we talk about these, these things at the end, right? And that's been this three-week series as the end is near and and even though today, you know, the fourth quarter pep talk, because when the end gets near, sometimes we need a boost, we need some encouragement. While I'm in that kind of phase with my PhD and my dissertation, at least I think I am. I told Teresa the other day, it's just like sometimes it feels like a moving target. I'm never quite sure. But, uh, but I think I might be close because one of the last things we do with writing the, the dissertation is you comment on all those you want to acknowledge as part of this journey who have helped you and guided you and supported you in this. And my uh, content professor and my major professor both told me, okay, it's time to write your acknowledgments page. I was like, really? That sounds pretty good. You know, that means I must be near the end. And then I sat down to write my acknowledgments page and I was overwhelmed was humbled by all the people I could think of who had helped me in this journey, who have supported me and given and strength, given strength and optimism. And when I was, when I was thinking, this is not possible, I'm going to give up, somebody would be there to say, keep trying, keep working. And so I have a, quite a list of acknowledgments to include in, in this dissertation, more than I can even name now. And And then my fear became, I hope I don't forget somebody. Because there have just been so many who have helped me complete that project, giving me their encouragement and support. And so this is a moment, right? Who who are you glad you know? Who has been there to support you and encourage you and give you courage and motivation along the way? And so what Jesus kind of concludes this with is saying, You know, this is not a time to give up. This is not a time to be complacent. This is not a time for doubts. This is a time to be alert. This is a time to be prepared. This is a time to pray. This is that's what Jesus' message is. This is a time for hope and to be confident. And so he says, be on your guard. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. We can have confidence. Whatever the future may be, we can have confidence because Christ is victorious. Christ is victorious. And He is King. And so we can have confidence no matter what we face in these days. 
So I was contemplating, you know, thinking back to the Coeur d'Alene Vikings, who I don't know uh, if they still have that tradition, but if they do, then they, what they went home from yesterday's championship game with was just sore shoulders because they lost to Rigby. But anyway, I suppose what we could do is, you know, maybe we all just want to hold our Bibles up in the air for the sermon. Would that be, is that what we want, you know? I know some of you are going to say, let's do the iPhone. You know, <laughs> I'm going to hold up my phone, not bring my Concordia study Bible and hold that up for the sermon. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, be on your guard and be alert so that pray that you might be strong in these days. I think what he means is that he is the one who is strong. And so we pray to him. And we trust in him. And we have confidence and hope in him and because of him. And so while it may have been inspiring to hold up football helmets for the fourth quarter, like I said, I think sometimes they just went home with sore shoulders. Didn't really change the outcome of the game. But what Christ did on the cross changed the outcome of eternity. And when he rose from the grave, he changed everything with his victory. Victory over sin, death, and the devil. And so Christ offers true strength. And he offers us true reasons for confidence and hope, especially in the midst of our struggles. Let's pray. Almighty God and our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have gathered us together on this day that we might receive your grace and that as receiving your grace, we would encourage one another and that we would hear these words of our Savior Jesus Christ and respond with faith, respond and receive confidence and hope. Lord, we ask that you would take our cares and our burdens and that you, your Holy Spirit, would help us to relinquish them to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, with the holidays quickly approaching, we would like to invite you to a number of services that are not on our typical Sundays. We have on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we have a service at 10 a.m., so please put the turkey in the oven, as Pastor Daniel says, and then come to church. And then also Wednesdays in December, leading up to Christmas, we have our Advent worship services and programs. We have um, choir nights and Christmas around the world and high school drama and much more to look forward to. So please be checking our website and our Facebook for more details.